childhood teddy bear was a gift from my birth mother. And I thought, when I found first found that out, I thought, that's strange. And then a couple of weeks or months later, I was telling the tale of the teddy bear to somebody else. I had this massive volcano eruption of anger. And, you know, my birth mother didn't love me enough to keep me. And she gave me this teddy bear as a consolation prize. Hey, and welcome to I'm Adopted, Now What? A podcast where we talk about all things race, culture, and identity, one chat at a time. This is for people who want to get real, get deep, and figure out, now what? I'm your host, Liza. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back this week for another episode Today, I am chatting with Simon all the way from the UK. Simon is someone who reached out to me through Instagram, or maybe it was email, I can't quite remember, Uh, but he had reached out to me because he is also an adoptee as well as an adoptee coach which he explains a little bit more about in the episode. So I won't explain it now, but it's a pretty cool job. And I really like how Simon has used what he's learned in terms of himself and his own adoption journey to coach other adoptees and other parents who are thinking about adopting and He just kind of uses all of that experience to help adoptees thrive, which is his tagline. And I just think that that's a really cool way to incorporate his own identity into what he does as a career. Uh, Aside from the whole coaching thing, and I obviously ask Simon about his own adoption story. He goes into that and shares some really interesting stuff. There's something about a teddy bear and the fact that he really didn't address a lot of his adoptive identity things until he was closer to 40 years old. So that is a vantage point that I am really excited to have on the show because, you know, as my listeners, you'll know that a lot of who I, a lot of the people I talk to are younger. So that's really cool. I'm excited about that. The bulk of the episode Uh, is split kind of between that stuff and this idea that we do things because we're adopted, quote unquote, like with this because we're adopted mentality, when that is really just something that our brains tell ourselves to mask or cover or keep us from truly getting at the heart and addressing our adoptee identity or however being an adoptee plays in to our identity. Um, And then linked to that, we also kind of discuss this idea of the primal spirit and primal wounds and how that can impact our potential as well as who we become as people and how all of our life experience ties together to create uh, the spirit which adoption is just one part of. 
As I said, I'm super excited for you all to hear this episode, so let's get right into it. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming back to the show this week. Uh, For today's episode, I'm chatting with Simon, who is all the way in York, England. Uh, He runs his website, simonben.co.uk, which is all about coaching adult adoptees to thrive, as well as giving aid to parents in helping their child adoptees thrive in life. In COVID, he walks his dog and likes listening to podcasts to keep him sane. Hi, Simon. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Hi, Liza. It's great to be here. I've been looking forward to this all day. Yeah, me too. Um, Although all day for you is different. All day for me. All day for me has only been a couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the first question I'd like to ask everybody is, you know, why were you interested on coming on the show and why is talking about adoption important to you? Okay, so um, I just love empowering other uh, other people. Yeah, so um, I have been, so my life was fair, my my adoption went pretty well, Um, well, went very well, Uh, but around 40, uh, I had some problems being being adopted if you like and uh so my life got pretty dark and then I started off on like a a consciousness journey Mm -hmm. and uh now my life is really uh bright bright light you know Mm. and and it's and it's great Mm -hmm. and um I so I've seen kind of light at the end of the tunnel and I want to share that really with with other adoptees because there's a lot of darkness in the adopt in the adoption world there's a lot Mm -hmm. of trauma um, and there's a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. and uh, it doesn't need to be like that that's well said I agree what are you comfortable walking us through a little bit about sure when you were 40 you know what happened yeah so um first things first is I would I was adopted when I was uh, five weeks old. Okay. Uh, so despite my, well, you, this is a podcast, but you can see my baby face, right? I'm 54. <laughs> I don't look okay. 54. Uh, I didn't get served in pubs, you know, early because uh-huh. uh, I had a very baby face, but I'm 54. So I was adopted when I was five weeks old and I, um, and I was told very young, I was told very young. So I don't even remember not knowing. I don't remember being told and I don't remember not knowing. Yeah. Um, and, um, it went well my my mum and dad adopted a a a little girl as well a couple of years later my little Mm. sister so we're not biologically related from different birth families um and um yeah uh we had the ups and downs of of family life in 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 our family we had a family business and uh, there was a lot of actual obsession around (laughs) obsession or passion Mm -hmm. so if if business is going well it's passion. Right. Um, if, if, if if business isn't going well or we're, or we're struggling, it's obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, so most, but I struggled actually. I struggled a lot with business. And so the, running a, a, a small business, the the financial roller coaster became an emotional roller coaster for me. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So around the time that I had finally peaked the top of the roller coaster and thought that my life would now be 
different because I would stop worrying about business because I'd had this mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. It didn't, <laughs> didn't mm -hmm. work like that. Uh, and around that time, I also found out that my, um, my childhood teddy bear was a gift from my birth mother. Wow. And, um, and I thought when I found first found that out, I, I thought that's strange. That that's all I thought. I thought that's strange because they've, they've been open about me being adopted. Right. But they hadn't told me about the teddy bear. And then a couple of, I don't know, a couple of weeks or months later, um, I was telling the tale of the teddy bear to, uh, to, to somebody else. And uh -huh. uh, I had this massive volcano eruption of, um, um, of, of negative feelings, really uh -huh. anger. And, you know, my birth mother didn't love me enough to keep me with a lot of swear words uh, that I won't on the show um uh, and uh, and she gave me this uh, teddy bear as a uh, consolation prize listeners, oh, there it is. Won't, listeners won't be able to uh, see the teddy bear he's called roger rather imaginatively teddy he has me but uh -huh. i'm holding up a, a teddy to the screen and um, because uh, Liza and i are, are recording this on, on on zoom so yeah so um but so the combination of uh, business success being unfulfilling uh, and not stopping me worrying, and also yeah. um, the kind of the idea that adoption had made me unhappy, yeah. um, those two things kind of came together around about the same time, and they kick-started my journey into, um, yeah, consciousness, identity, emotions emotional intelligence mm -hmm. psychology practical spirituality sort of vibe yeah. a vibe that is more far more common in the states actually than it is in the uk so in the uk mm. we um we're not as into this sort of stuff i see as, yeah, right as you guys are in the states. that's my take on it anyway so yeah um well i have a, a couple questions sure. do you know why your adoptive parents didn't tell you about about the bear if being so open um no hmm. wow okay and i, I might um, ask her i might ask my mom that question yeah hmm. maybe they, you will, they might have told me and i just forgot who knows i don't know Right, right. We didn't talk. Well, they, they they told me that I that, that I was adopted, but we didn't talk about it a lot. Um, mm. Well, we didn't very little. That you mm. know, a lot that that would be an overstatement. Very very little. I see. Do you feel like they that did that wasn't talked about a lot in your family because you're for all of their openness about telling you they weren't necessarily comfortable with having that discussion with you. You know, in in an open-ended sort of way as you got older why do you why do you think that um that you didn't I, talk about it um I, I i that question never really occurred to me either so asking some good questions mm -hmm. here um and i wouldn't have a feeling about it other it would be speculating um, mm -hmm. I, I would say that actually it was more to do mm -hmm. with the fact that we didn't we weren't really a, um a, a family that talked a lot about emotions Mm. Um, so maybe, yeah. maybe it was some sort of defense against that sort of stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel, um, there's some cultural differences here as well. I think maybe Liza, um, we don't, you know, you, I don't know whether you know this cause, uh, from, cause your dad's a Brit, but 
whether he has shared with you or it's become a car- apparent that you know there's some co- cultural differences that British people perhaps are culturally and as a mass generalization aren't quite as touchy feely or discussion right. as, as Americans and 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 yeah. actually we would um, uh, a lot a lot of people would um, see that as uh, would be critical. A lot of Brits would be crit- critical. They would say um, um, American people are a bit, you know, they're all in therapy and they're all a bit over absorbed mm-hmm. with themselves. It's some, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of my take on it. You know, I, yeah. Um, that's my take on what British people would say. Right, so right. When I talk about my stuff, you know. Um, uh, so, for example, uh, about 10 years ago, I was at, at lunch and... Um, uh, with some with some friends and um, uh, I was talking about my stuff uh, and and this friend of mine she said well yeah so my wife's my wife's friend of wife my friend's wife yeah um, <laughs> said uh, what have you got to worry about you know yeah you've, you've never had any concerns you know and, and she she put the concerns she she put the any concerns in in a box called um, money and Mm. Um, and so she saw um, the fact that I've had a comfortable life financially. Mm-hmm. So there's then there's no reason for me to suffer, you know. Mm. So it's a little bit strange. Um, yeah, there's some mm-hmm. cult- there's some cultural differences, and I'm I'm obviously painting a, a, a mass a, a mass generalization here, and the people that. I am in touch with in the States are probably the ones that are more talking about this stuff. So yeah. um, perhaps the more middle class, the more affluent people. Yeah. Well, definitely my my dad, I'm I'm definitely well aware that my dad's family did not talk about really any emotion ever. Um, and then on the flip side of that, my mom, who is from New Jersey, is that's the only thing she does because she's a therapist. So oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> comes from uh, I got it from both sides a bit, which is quite funny. Um, but that makes sense. I mean, now that you're, you know, in your fifties and just you know you've lived such a long time as an adult, do you think that your mom would be more open now to discussing an emotion, something emotional with you? Um, we're talking. Uh, we're talking a little bit more about the adoption stuff now. Mm. So I, I know that, um, uh, yeah, there's some stuff, there's some stuff that perhaps I don't want to actually go in with because it's to do with my sister rather than me. Yeah. Sure. But I just get the feeling that, uh, well, not the feeling. I, I know that she's a, a little bit more open about talking about adoption. She's, she said to me that she'll support me um, in anything mm. that I do. So at one stage I was thinking I needed to, create a charity to form a charity um to do my work uh co- my coaching work mm-hmm. and um uh, and she said well you know uh, she'd support me in that she'd be a trustee in that she'd do that That's so great. she's a li- she's becoming a bit more open about it but it has it, i think it has been a bit of a, a shock for her so, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. wow um are you a are you a transracial adoptee or not no no okay no um so uh my my biological parents are mm-hmm. are, are white one is uh, sorry that my so my mother was um 
English. Mm-hmm. My biological father, from his name, sounds like he is Irish or mm-hmm. of Irish extraction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not very far from England to Ireland, but it is there are some cultural differences. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know whether he was he was just Irish or whether he was Irish or just of Irish extraction. You know. Got it. And and your your parents are also My parents white. Are, are, are white, are white English. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's talk about your website a little bit. <clears throat> you are a coach for um, adult adoptees. Yeah. And um, how did you come to 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 do that? Was it do through that. your your you know positive manifesting and yeah. that bright light you saw come from there? Yeah. Um so uh I went, I was in the family publishing business. I took yeah. that business over and uh, it, it was time to, about, about this time, 10, 11 years ago, 10 and a half years ago, 10 and a half years ago, I realized I needed to get out of that, I needed to get mm. out of that business. And it was going to be, what am I going to do next? Now I'd learned a lot. I had become a more conscious individual and, um, and I was talking to one of my to my coach at the time uh, one day, and I and um, and we were we'd kind of touched on what I was gonna do after I got out of the business, sort of, and then we moved on to a different subject, and then suddenly it just came out like a a new idea, like a, mm. out of the blue. I want, and I said to my coach, I said, I want I want your job, Liz. I want to do I don't, I want to do what you do. I want to be a coach, and I want to help other people. Mm-hmm. So um, I kept the adoption stuff out of my work. work. Um, yeah. So my first my first venture, first foray into coaching was more like um, consciousness for small business owners. So it was about helping small business owners um, identify less with their business success. You know, um, mm-hmm. so uh, there's. Uh, so that that didn't that didn't work out. That that coaching business kind of became a publishing business, mm-hmm. um, and um, I didn't know how to to do kind of small business marketing to to market mm. small business owners. So that that was a, a flop and um, that uh, that business. But I and I put my heart and soul into that um, because I didn't want other people to go through the same rubbish I'd been through in right. the business world. Yeah. Um, but I was a bit ahead of my time, I think, uh, and I didn't really know what I was doing on the match and the thing. So I, um, I stopped doing that. Uh, and then and I tried something else and then that didn't work out. Either. And then I had this idea back in 2013, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll create, I'll write a book for kids. So a con- consciousness for, for kids. Um, so I started kind of researching that. I started trying out. Um, uh, doing workshops in in schools, in elementary schools. Wow! And so uh, it was about kids' confidence and happiness and self esteem and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it started off as happiness, and then it became about inspiring kids to make their dreams come true, uh-huh. and and building their confidence and their resilience, um, helping them ignore people that say they can't make their dreams come true. Yeah. Uh, and then it's from that, it was a very short hop that I saw um, to actually making kids bullyproof, bullyproof. So other kids can't mm-hmm. upset them. And that was mm-hmm. big for me because 
uh, I was bullied quite a lot. Um, mm. It nothing to do with um, being adopted. Uh, other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, having buck teeth, being a, a posh kid um, on a scout in a scout group, and going to a different school, and all sorts uh-huh. of drink, not drinking tea. That that was that that that'll make people laugh because they think we Brits. That is quite rare. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was just different. I was just the youngest kid in the in the tent on the on the on the scout camp, and and, and sure. the tradition is that the youngest kid is part of the initiation, isn't it? Yeah, so, so cool. So, um, so I did work with about sixteen hundred kids. I found that in- incredibly um, uh, rewarding, and I loved the way that they changed their minds very quickly. In mm-hmm. So they've been on the planet. Less, they're less set. They're less set in their thinking. They're more yeah. curious. Um, so, uh, but I couldn't get. I couldn't really get the schools to pay for it, or, uh-huh. or, or, or admit that they or, or, or want me in because that would be like saying that their 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 pupils are unhappy, which means right. they're a bad head teacher, principal. So, I wasn't getting the um, the traction that I wanted then, and then I. Um, so I thought, well, parents care more. So I'll take my proven process to empower kids mm-hmm. and, and I'll share that with parents. But parents weren't really up for that either. So uh, I couldn't get the traction again. And then I, I was talking to one of my coaches one day. She said, Simon, you perhaps need to take a completely fresh look at this. And I thought, yeah, I do. And then I remembered the passion project that I had uh, I'd had on the uh, on the side, which was writing a book about the teddy bear and how it kickstarted my consciousness journey. Right. So I thought, well, that's what I'll do. I'll I'll write this book and I'll um, and I'll empower uh, and I'll uh, I'll work with adoptees and adoptive parents and will. I'll codify everything that I've learned, yeah. and and then I realised well what I needed to do actually was to start doing that, start changing, start changing the world now. Yeah, um, and I thought well how can I do that? Uh, I need to guest on some podcasts. People need to know, like, and trust me. Um, yeah. So uh, I've got quite a contrary view, a contrarian view. To, to, to most on the adoption, which we might get onto in a bit, um, the stuff that set me free. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I did some research online. I'd identified a few podcasts to get in touch with, found yours, and now I'm here. And here we are. So that, that was a really long answer, but <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. Um, so why don't we let's get into it? What is your view, contrary view? A contrary um, view on it. Okay. Yeah, what is it on adoption? I'm so, intrigued. First off, so this is so. Have you come across a book called The Primal Wound by Nancy Berrier? I've heard it. I've never read it, but I've heard of it. So, um, it's when I read that, I thought this explains everything. Uh Some of the key messages are adoptees don't like rejection, adoptees don't like change, and adoptees try to control things. And I thought, 
that is me. This explains everything. Um, until I realized that nobody likes being rejected. <laughs> nobody likes change and everybody's trying to control stuff. So yeah. what people see with adoptees is, and, adop and, and, and adoptees like me take this stuff on board, they believe they are doing stuff because they are adopted. Mm. And, and we pin, me, myself included, we pin the tail on the wrong donkey. Mm. We, we attribute what is normal uh, in terms of our level of consciousness, our mood going up and down. And we, and we say, so instead of saying, this is, this is our, our mood, this is what I did. Instead of this is my level of consciousness, we say, this is down to me being adopted. Mm. And what I found was, for me, that was very disempowering. So the bigger the problem, the more I focused on this, this thing, the mm. worse the problem got. Mm. And um, so the worse I felt. The, the deeper into the, um, the the deeper into the darkness I went. Yeah, so that's it on 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 one level. Um, so you know, and I see this in adoption adoptee groups all the time. Um, I see people making the same mistake as me, blaming how they're feeling on being adopted. Right. The deeper thing. So that kind of, that makes sense. Does that all make, make, kind of make sense to you? It totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. On a, on a deeper level, the, the clues in the title of the book, right? Um, prime, primary wound, mm -hmm. primal wound, primarily wounded. Okay. Well, She's using a she, she, she's using a, a medical metaphor. She's using a, a metaphor because what we're talking here is about stuff that is in abstract and, and you know. So we need a right. metaphor. brains need a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. It's but not a physical what, wound. Yeah. So what 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 what's what is it that's wounded? I'm asking you the question. What is it that's wounded? Well, I I, I think it's it's identity really. Okay, so. How can you wound an identity? Take away, I mean, this is off the cuff. Take away. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just asking your opinion. Uh, take away the origins so that you don't know. Yeah. You know, all, there's no foundation it, I, I spent, for it. I've, you know, it's off the cuff for you, right? And I hope, uh, I'm, I, I just wanted to take you, do a temperature check on that, right? So yeah. I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. <laughs> I've, oh yeah, I'm sure. So, so I, I've got a a a, um, a non off the, the cuff result, right? So, the way I see it, right? So she's mm. she's saying that um, adoptee, uh, so adoption has has wounded us. So it's wounded us. So it's 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 cut us, right? And therefore, it's going to take time to heal. We might need to go to the ER or mm. the a and e as we would call it in the uk accident emergency we're going, we're going to need to anti it's going to put some antiseptic on it we're going to need to put a bandage on it da, 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 da. and that's what we're saying like it's got it's all this medical stuff right but mm. we're not our body yeah you, you, you're yeah. on for me you're on the you, you're on the 
spot on on the right lines with the identity. And by identity, I mean um, the life force behind the body. Yeah. So I, I've unfortunately, I've seen a dead body, like my father-in-law, right? And it was obvious to me that the spirit, his spirit was no longer his spirit. Or Yeah, his, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, right? And and this is I'm 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 tingling in anticipation with this, right? Because when I got this, not kind of like you know how like you when you my my um one of my mentors uh, uh, talks about the difference between getting things and getting things, right? So yeah so, mm-hmm. so you can get things like so i can my, my wife will t- i've got a di- very different sense of humor to my wife right so the sense that my wife will tell me a joke and i can just say that's funny mm-hmm. right? and most of the time that's all i do because our sense mm-hmm. is quite different right mm-hmm. and then she can tell me a joke and i laugh yeah right so i'm talking about the second bit when we yeah. get something not intellectually not in our heads but in our bones right? yeah yeah and, and when it's like not just a, that's a neat idea, Simon, but no. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Yeah. It, it, there's something with the intuition and, and, and a gut sense. Yeah. Yeah. The gut. Yeah. When you get it in your gut, when you get it yeah. in the gut, you, cause, cause we've got all these, um, <laughs> we've got all these, um, well, that's where our, our nerve endings are. Yeah. Got, yeah. We've got more nerving endings in the gut than anywhere else. Right. That spirit is unwoundable. Yeah, well, I, I, that's a powerful statement. I think that's true. So we are fundamentally, all of us, all of us, all, all of us are fundamentally unwoundable. Um, so adoption, um, it hurt my, it hurt my feelings. When I, mm-hmm. the more I thought about it, the, the fact, the more I thought about it, the, the psychiatrists call this um, confirmation bias, right? Mm-hmm. So the more we think something's bad, the worse it gets, you know, yeah. the more I rant about Trump or Boris, because I do rant yeah. about both, <laughs> the, worse, the, the worse I get, you know, yeah. the worse I feel, it, you know, um, uh, and then and then there's a bit of relief when it's gone, isn't it? There's, when the ranting's over, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, adoption hurt my feelings and, 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 and this kind of sense of injustice and the righteous indignation, you know, that we're mm-hmm. into Trump territory, aren't we? Really? Here, I mean, he is the king of righteousness. In, in oh, surely. And you know, I, I, and uh, I, I don't. There's only two. There's only two uh, politicians that I have ever uh, um, um, respected and liked, uh, and uh, Mr. Obama and, uh, and and Winston Churchill. So you know how how so for us, for for me, right? It's just mm. absolutely nuts. Yeah, you could go from Barack to Donald. That was a little bit weird, but you know, uh, we've yeah. got Boris. So I don't, you know, <laughs> how we could vote for a guy who is, you know, just comes across like a complete and utter buffoon, hasn't got a clue, you know. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm, we, <laughs> I'm not dissing Americans or or, or, or Brits. I'm just saying, like, we all, we all make mistakes, don't we? Um, so, um, so adoption. Adoption hurt my feelings. How could she do this to me? Well, you yeah. know, it's all that kind of the meaning that 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 was uh, that I was 
um, putting on this adoption, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was all speculation. It was all right, speculation. Right, because you didn't so adoption know for sure. hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. Adoption hurt my feelings and it hurt my ego, you know. Um, but it, it, yes, and it does. That's what it does. It does do that. But it, but who we truly are is it, it is unwoundable. So, and when we see ourselves as that pure spirit that is unwoundable, then we can let go of all the other stuff. So the depth of this kind of wound thing, uh, uh, this fundamentally, un- so instead of primary wounded, primarily wounded or primarily wounded, yeah. to fundamentally unwoundable is for me, that's, that's my rocket fuel. Yeah. That's the rocket fuel. That's the, that's the rocket fuel that makes us thrive when we, when we can step away from, so, so we can step away, we can, we can go beyond the trauma. We can say, yeah, it was traumatic. It was traumatic. I felt awful. My self-esteem was through the floor. It was absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. But it's not who I am. Right. Definitely not. Do you, do you think that, um, that this, I I gather from your explaining it, that this seems to be a common, uh, a common obstacle that you come across when you're coaching other people. And so do you feel like maybe this, uh, you know, the, oh, blaming, not, well, not blaming, but attributing all of the negative emotion, uh, on one's adoption. Do you think that could be alleviated a bit if there was more conversation about adoption? I mean, mostly uh, I think well, I'm, I'm, I'm per- talking perhaps, about perhaps, in, in the UK. Per- perhaps, perhaps, yeah. But it's not the most, it wouldn't, it's not the most effective in, in my experience. Yeah. Mm. Just my experience. It's not the most effective. Hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's not the most effective way to 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 to, 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 en- to enable to enable adoptees to thrive. Yeah, the way to for adoptees to thrive is for them to see their you know the the true potential that right. they really are the right. true potential. Um, uh, you know that 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 ineffable spirit, that unwoundable spirit, that vibrant life force that force of nature you know right. like you know how they um, um you ever seen the daisy coming through you call it blacktop you know we call it tarmac you know, yeah you've seen a daisy coming through yeah right so yeah. That, that 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 life force that's the life force that's in the, the, yeah. the life force that's inside the the daisy yeah it's the same life force that's inside us so understanding identifying with with the life force Mm-hmm. And the and the spirit and the potential that we truly are, that for me, yeah, is the most effective way. How do you elicit that from the people you coach if not through conversation? Oh yes, yeah, you do. Okay, okay. Because um, I was just conversation. Yeah, so it's conversation. So it's it, it's 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 like what we're doing here, but right, I, it's like what we're doing here. So. For, so for me, it is about conversation. It's about um, whatever tool, whatever means, you know, by whatever means necessary. Yeah. So that's like 
stories, metaphors, but fundamentally about questions, right? So yeah. um, I would, if I was coaching you rather than guessing on your podcast, I yeah. would have been slowing things down. Yeah. I would have been slowing things down to, to ask you more kind of, kind of yeah. more questions because it's not what I, uh, you know, if I, it's not what the um, coach says, it's what the coachee hears. It's not right. what I what I point at it's what you see for yourself because you have you know the art of transformation the art of insight it comes from within it's a sight yeah oh definitely conversation of questions you know so I see so much of people trying to shove information down people's throats right and sometimes Mm -hmm. I do this myself and you know like I've been on a call this afternoon I've been on a call this afternoon and I got into um blabbermouth yeah so I should have been curious. Come from come from curiosity. Yeah. Questions. Yeah. I just I just started talking too much. Yeah. Got it. Well, the the I'm I'm just I'm thinking, what it so what would what do you think would would happen if um, instead of this conversation that you have with your coaches that you know in pursuit of of their their force right. What if instead of from a coach, you know, in through everyday experiences as they're growing with their parents, you know, they have these sorts of conversations and, and it, and it gets embedded into their young lives in a, in a way that's not so, oh, you're, you're going to have a coach for this, you know, and the parents kind of take that on. Do you think that that would? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, most of the conversation I've been having, sorry, not all, all of the conversation we've been having for the last 10, 15 minutes, I've been talking about this from a sense of um, uh, and me engaging in conversation with an, an adult adoptee. Right. So if I'm talking to an, uh, an, an, an adoptive um, parent, an adopter, then I am doing the same sorts of things, going through the same sorts of processes, same sort of coaching processes, but then to, so that we build the adopter's uh, level of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm showing them the tools to, to have the conversations with the, start the conversation with the kids. I see, okay. Um, so what happens, um, what happens here in the UK is that, um, well, parent, parenting coaches are a lot more common in the US than they are in the UK. For starters, and but they will. Everybody is kind of obsessed with behaviour, mm. right? So everybody's looking to solve the problem at completely the wrong level. Mm-hmm. And this is this is society. This isn't just this isn't just adults. This isn't just, yeah yeah yeah. So you know in. Um, so uh, everybody's looking to find the strategies and the hacks and the tactics and the and the behavior tweaks and then yeah and that it it, it doesn't work right but we we need to go upstream of that so we need mm-hmm. to go kind of upstream of the behavior to the feelings mm-hmm. that drive the behavior then we need to understand then then we need to understand why people f- feel the way that they do Mm -hmm. 
So when if if I ask somebody why they feel why they feel the way they do, so um, they'll they'll think that's a really people most people say that's a really strange question, but we go through life thinking that the in in, in the UK we have miserable weather. So we in the UK we we believe that the weather causes our mood. So we look outside us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> look outside us. Yeah. So why are you feeling the way that you do? Why? So I, when I go to the swimming class, uh, swimming, uh, you know, swimming pool, and this happened about six months ago, right? No, pre. It was actually pre-COVID. I said to the lady on reception, "So um, how are you doing?" She said, "Oh, I'm as good as the weather." Mm-hmm. I said, what? She said, "Oh, it's miserable, isn't it?" I'm like, "What? You mean?" The weather determines your mood. <laughs> and she's like, yes. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, well, that's how I was brought up as well. You know, yeah. we're all brought up in that. So, you know, we, so we, we look at it. So we, we, we're doing stuff because of the way we feel. We're feeling stuff because of the way that we think. And we're thinking stuff because most of our thinking comes from our, our sense of identity. So if our identity is off, if we think, what, what, you know, so I, I give the extreme case, right? This, so this is me six, six years ago, right? Uh, I am this wounded, disempowered adoptee. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing is going to go right for me. Um, I'm just going to have to learn to cope with life as it stands. Um I'm just going to have to get over this and heal with this. And someday this might change, but really there's no chance because it's actually set in stone by my adoption. I'm, I'm exaggerating clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Dramatic effect. Um, that's where the juice is. The juice is the adoption. The, 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 yeah. the juice is in the identity space. Whereas we, we live a world, we, we live in a world where that's trying to address problems from the behavior position, from the, from the behavior perspective yeah. from the feeling perspective or from the thoughts perspective and where all the juice is is at the identity perspective mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you're at the end at the identity perspective nothing can nothing can nothing can knock me i'm gonna break i'm gonna break yeah. through the black top yeah um, well i think as as you as you said it's i mean even not even based on country i think in general Many, many, many people live their whole lives either A, with uh, a severe lack of emotional literacy about themselves, the ability to to identify what they're feeling, communicate what they're feeling, and then analyze what they're feeling. And I think um, many, many people also live their whole lives really without, without... pursuing their their true identity their their best self I don't think that that happens a lot either um and it sounds like those two kind of uh end goals combined is sort of what what your your coaching is is all about in 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 broad strokes um kind of yeah kind of I mean the the, the um the the, the best self thing is sounds like a striving towards i'm 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 have you heard that that quote about um uh have you heard of this there's a there's a uh, 
big statue called the Statue of David by a guy called Michelangelo in in Florence. Mm-hmm. So somebody said, "Well, how did you how did you um, how did you create that?" And he said, "I I didn't create it. Um, he he was already within. He chipped away the excess stone to reveal David, right? Yeah. So." Yeah. What I that that's more my take on it is like you, you by the process of unlearning and unseeing, yeah. um, yeah. you see you see the beauty of David. But I see as I see as all as beauty. I, I see as all as beauty and right. all as perfection. Right. All of us. I think uh, I, every I, every single one of us, and 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 so like I, I use this metaphor of the diamond. So that's who we. Uh, that's who we uh, all are. Yeah, uh, yeah, mean. yeah. Um, and we're like, and we're all different. Yeah, but we're all we're, we're all we're all uniquely shaped diamonds, but we're all diamond. Yeah, go through life, and manure happens, like we lose our birth parents. Yeah, or, and we get manure in our head, thoughts that we'd rather not think. We get we get manurey feelings. We feel feelings that we don't want to think. But all those, all, all that manure, it kind of, and this is from a guy called, it's not my metaphor, it's a, guy, a mentor of mine called Michael Neal. He, he's got this metaphor. So he said, right, well, the, the manure kind of it obscures the diamond, um, but it doesn't change the diamond. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, to me, best self is just, um, you know, someone that you're happy and proud to be, um, at, you know, when you, when you take a hard look at things. Um, and I, I don't think people are haven't, I don't, I, I think many people lack the self-awareness to even understand that, you know, that they are a diamond and have, you know, manure thoughts yeah. in their head. Yeah, well, you know, I, not, um, I agree. Yeah. We're not we're not brought up in we're not brought up in in a world that um, is intent on us getting that information. You know, right. so yeah, we might exactly. be told we might be told it. So we we you know we're told we're brilliant or but we do, we 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 told it, but we're not told it in a way. We're told it. We're not we're not um, we're not um, empowered to see it. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? So it doesn't matter how good everybody tells us we are until we see it ourselves. yeah, yeah um, no we, it has to come not, from not, within we're not, we're not raised uh, we're, we're not raised that way um, right raised, raised to see that really right so so in terms of your your own adoption you know where are you are you now at at 53 years old you know how how uh, how do you feel about it what's your take on it well you know? I, i'm um I'm really glad that I've been through the dark times because it's it's helped me to see that diamond and um, and and the clear the more clearly that I can see it, the better chance I've got of pointing other people towards it. That's true. Um, do you do you feel um, like an any need to? search for more information 
uh, well, we, or you're okay? I, I um, So I was in a therapist chair five years ago and um, she probably wasn't as good as your mum. <laughs> uh, so I, I had another big kind of anger attack. Mm-hmm. Um, at the I, at the thought of my birth mother rejecting me, yeah, that popped into my head, and uh, and that that kind of that anger determined uh, turned into a very strong determination to not let that happen to me, and that mm-hmm. led me on to going back, resuming my search, um, and so I got my adoption file. I got my adoption file. I found out that she died, unfortunately, um, oh. but I did there was this incredible letter um, from her to the adoption council uh-huh. um, four days after she had um, surrendered me, given me up, whatever you want to call it, handed me over. Mm-hmm. I, I know those, the, all these terms are, are, are loaded for, for people. Um, and um, so the, the, the letter tells of how she wanted to buy me a teddy bear. Mm. Mm. Um, so that I had something so that I had something from her but the traffic was really bad that's another thing that we 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 have in the UK you know we have really bad traffic and the traffic mm. oh really yeah here too uh, but it's been better recently <laughs> um so um she uh so she the traffic was bad so she couldn't go to the shop to get me this teddy bear and, and but she she was asking for permission asking the a woman at the adoption council agency permission to ask my mom and dad whether they would accept a teddy bear from me mm-hmm. so um, i could tell from you know i i connected with her in like in a it was a bit of an out-of-body experience i'm my, mm-hmm. I was just flooding my i was just flooding with tears Mm. um and i actually felt connected with her in that in that grief mm. uh, and could feel her love mm. uh through a piece of so through two pieces of paper that had smelt that smelt really funny because they were 54 years old and obviously been stuck in a archive file yeah um but i could i could feel the love through the letter i, yeah. I could feel desperation in yeah and I could feel how much she loved me through, yeah. through that um, through yeah. letter. Um, so that uh, uh, so I my my, um, my my journey has had been a series of insights that have removed the manure mm-hmm. from the from the diamond, and, and that was that was one of them. That, that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm. Wow. And at the end of, at the end of all of that, you know, you've, you've, it seems like you're in a place you're mentally and. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a great place. It doesn't mean that I don't have bad, bad day. That's bad good. hours, bad minutes. I just bounce <laughs> back a bit quicker. Just the, yeah. the, the voice, I, I, I learned the, the, the voice in the head, the negative inner critic just, goes a bit quicker than it used to do. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't hurt as much as it used to do. But it's right. still it's still there. You know, lots of people talk about, you know, silencing the inner critic and all this stuff. 
I've, I've tried that. But that yeah, just, I think it, I think the inner critic will 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 be around always in any form, won't it? For every for everybody. Yeah. Um. But it isn't who we are. No, it's not who we are. I like to end every interview by asking a question and you know after everything you've learned and I imagine in some ways that you keep learning every time you coach um what is what's you know a piece of advice that you that rings truer above all the rest uh that you have come across in your in your years of self-work and work with others that you know speaks to adoption insecurity the um spirit isn't insecure Mm. so um my my advice would be to stay is to stay curious um and focus on the light not Mm -hmm. the dark and to become more become more conscious in 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 the way that suits that suits your learning style suits the the, the listeners learning style so i i love that you know the the spirit is not insecure and stay curious those are that's those are really good answers okay you can find simon ben at simonben with two uk for all things coaching for all things adult adult adoptee related coaching them to thrive and all of that uh simon it has been so great having you on and i truly appreciated your time and getting to know you and finally seeing you know setting up face to face after all this time it was it was such a treat it was a delight absolute delight absolute delight thanks thanks so much thank you all for listening and we will be back next week thanks for listening to this episode of i'm adopted now what hosted by me liza if you liked what you heard then please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen leave a good review and share this episode with a friend If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a later episode, DM me and tell me all about it. You can do that and find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at imadopted.podcast. See you there.